Josh Williams here, and welcome to the One Mad Podcast, episode number eight for Wednesday, July 5th, 2017. How are you guys? How was your uh, your Canada Day? How was your last week? It seems like uh, such a long amount of time has passed, but it's been the same amount of time as it is every week. It's been one week. <laughs> but I guess I had a, a lot of things going on this last week. Canada Day shows, uh, planning for a trip that I have coming up. So uh, I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about last week's shows. I'm going to talk about my Halifax trip that's coming up. I'm going to, you know, read your, your guys' questions, uh, talk about how my health stuff is going. Uh, <laughs> I'm not looking forward to that one. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I had a, a great week last week. May as well just dive right in. Um, I went to, uh, let's. I kicked it off on Thursday. I left Ottawa. I headed to my favorite place to perform in Montreal, the Comedy Nest. Um, great show there. I was performing with Moody McCarthy, who's performed... Uh, you know, say it twice in one sentence, right? Uh, he's, he's been on late night, uh, with Conan O'Brien and Letterman and, uh, Jimmy Kimmel, you know, he's performed all over North America. He's such a good writer too. Like he's a, he's a phenomenally funny comic. Um, it was great to work with him. And then I had an opportunity to work with uh, some other great comics in Montreal as well, uh, Montreal as well, Jeff Applebaum, uh, crazy Thomas and, uh, and sugar Sammy, actually sugar Sammy popped in and did a few guest spots. He's getting ready to host the international gala at just for laughs this year. So he popped in, did some spots. We had some good convo, always a great time seeing the, uh, the talent in Montreal. And of course being a part of the show myself. So that was great. I, I headed there on Thursday and, uh, where do I start? I used to, I used to perform, uh, at the nest and what I would do is because, uh, you know, it's, it's one of the things with comedy, you know, and or all of us, when we have individual art jobs, it's not always the best pay for certain positions on the show. I'm not headlining at the nest. I'm, uh, I'm the host there, which is the, the, the one, one let rung down on the ladder from that. And, um, and a lot of clubs tend to get local, local hosts. So comedy nest, uh, you know, the, the owners out there are phenomenal. They, they love having me. I love being there. So they, uh, they do uh pony up a little extra for me to stay. I used to have to drive back and forth every day because, you know, for me to get a hotel or an Airbnb or something like that, I could make more money driving back to Ottawa and then working during the day, you know, on, uh, on Friday and Saturday. But, uh, yeah, so now I uh I they've they've taken care of my uh my accommodations. They take good care of me there. So uh I got myself an Airbnb and uh and that was uh interesting. I I usually do so I do Thursday, Friday and Saturday at the Nest. And uh once I had booked it, I only book an Airbnb on Thursday and Friday. Um, out of consideration for them not having to to buy an extra night. And that and I like to come home. I may have mentioned that already in the podcast. I like to come home when I'm done shows. And since Montreal's only 2 hours away, I would much rather you know, do the shows. There's two shows on Saturday, eight 30. And I believe, or sorry, eight o'clock and 10 30. So the second show ends right at midnight. I can say my thank yous, tearful goodbyes. I go downstairs. It's in the, the old forum. So there's a parking garage underneath. I just go right down, pay my, pay my ticket, get in the car and head home. And if I do that quick enough, I'm usually on the road by about 1230 and I get home around two uh, 30. So that's, it's really good. If I, if traffic's really good and I'm doing a little faster than I should, I usually get around quarter after two, but, um, I like, I like coming home and that way I just go to sleep. I wake up, you know, maybe 10 or 11 the next day, I get my eight hours in, but at least I have the full next day. I do this whenever I'm out of town. I try to leave, you know, I don't mind being a little bit tired, but here's the thing. If you stick around, you spend the night, 
Well, and you get up and you drag ass packing and, and whatnot. There's really no urgency. Sometimes I'll even go and have, you know, breakfast somewhere first, you know, and then what it's up, uh, excuse me, the freaking hiccups. Um, then what happens is I end up getting home in the middle of the afternoon or even early evening. And then I've lost the whole next day. So I'd rather get up a little late, you know, drive through the night, get up a little late the next day and still have that whole next day to do things. Uh, but I do that when I'm in Montreal and Toronto, Kingston, all those things, I drive through the night and then I just, you know, I'll sleep in a little bit, but I'll have that whole extra day. That's my, my routine. So I, I got the, uh, the Thursday and the Friday night, but after I booked that, um, I got the Canada day show at absolute comedy here with Sirius XM Canada laughs and comedy records. I got that show booked and I don't know why this didn't occur to me. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of like, there's so many things going on and I really do feel like my head's a swamp sometimes and you just got to reach your hand in and you can't see what's in there and your, your brain will just pull out. You know, oh, look at this. Oh, that's something I got to do. I don't know if that's that's the, one of the stupidest metaphors. All I'm saying is my brain is a murky, murky pit, and who knows what I'm going to pull out of it and have to address. But uh, I decided that I was going to, you know, um, what ended up happening, I realized, oh, I have to, to drive back to Ottawa on Saturday morning to do a two o'clock show, you know, at Absolute Comedy here in Ottawa, and then drive back to Montreal during the, you know, after that show to do the two shows and then drive home. So I'm like, I'm gonna have to do three two hour drives on Saturday. Um, but I'm like, no big deal. I had an Airbnb. It wasn't until Friday afternoon that it occurred to me. And I mean, like Friday afternoon, Friday evening, that I was like, you know, I don't really have to spend the night. I can just drive back tonight after the shows as one less trip I'll have to do tomorrow. Not to mention the fact that it's Canada Day in Ottawa. And I'll be driving into the city with however God knows how many people. So I figured it was probably smarter to drive through Friday night, you know, and then I'd be able to wake up in town. It's one less trip and I could focus on and think, you know, and that's what I ended up doing. But I had this, in, this struggle with me because I paid for the Airbnb. So I'm like, I don't want to not sleep here. I paid for it. I'm just throwing away the room. So the, the only saving grace I could do in my head was I'm like, well, at least you got to, you know, spend the day there in the Airbnb where you would have to check it at noon, but I got to hang out there until, you know, last minute before the show. And then of course go back afterwards, get all my shit, pack it up and then drive home. Um, but here's what happened the first night. Um, I, I showed up there and I spoke with the, uh, the person who ran the place. She was a nice, nice senior citizen, uh, who takes care of the place. She, she was very sweet. I spoke to her for a little while when I got into town, driving to Montreal Thursday was insane. It usually takes me two hours. It took me three and a half hours to get there. Um, I don't know if you guys do a lot of driving, if this is relatable at all, but, um, I tend to use the Apple maps on my phone. No big deal. You know what I mean? Nothing special. I know a lot of people prefer Google maps. I just use it cause it's easy. It integrates with a calendar. It's, it's simple every now and again, it will recommend that I take a different route to save time. Uh, and then that ends up taking me way longer yet. I still, when I'm running, you know, a little close going, oh, well, this could save me 15 minutes. Sure. I click on it and then it'll take me somewhere where there's a friggin' accident or something. And it takes three times as long. Lord knows if that original route would have stayed, you know, longer in the, in the long run. But all I know is as soon as I go off course, I end up adding time, not subtracting it every single time. So I was driving to Montreal and, uh, I had to be there. I was hoping to be there for five 30 to meet my Airbnb person. That gives me tons of time before the show at eight o'clock. Uh, instead I just keep getting directed, uh, you know, save 10 minutes here and I go there and then the, the clock would add 15 minutes 
And I go, well, that doesn't make sense. That's the opposite of what you promised. Then eventually I open Google Maps. And the nice thing I've learned about Google Maps is Google Maps tells you at least what the fuck is going on, why you're stuck in traffic, what the delay is. So um, I turned Google Maps on and I, I took their advice to turn off somewhere. I ended up hitting four different fucking car accidents in Montreal. Um, I finally got there at 10 after six. It was it, luckily the, the person was still there last time I, I missed her because I was late arriving. Um, so I got there, I was supposed to be there at like five o'clock. I told her between four and five, cause I was leaving at two blah, blah, blah numbers. Point being, I took way too fucking long to get there because of accidents. My map led me in the worst possible direction to get, to get there. And, uh, and when I got there, I felt like I was putting her up, but she was still sticking around. So it wasn't, didn't end up being the emergency it was. I was just pissed off being stuck in traffic for an hour and a half longer than I needed to be. Um, so yeah. And then I, and then I had a nice little conversation with her. I was my, I was meeting her for the first time, but I had stayed at her place before. Um, we chatted a little bit. She was like, so you do, you're a comedian, eh? We're, I, I always admire that about you guys. I don't know how you come up with the stuff. And I said, I don't have to come up with anything. My life throws me curveballs, as you guys have heard some stories in the podcast already. And speaking of curveballs, I left for the show that night. Uh, I did the show. Great time. Uh, like I said, Sugar Sammy, Moody McCarthy, uh, who else was there the first night? Uh, Lawrence Korber, I believe, was there the first night. Quasi Thomas was fantastic. Anyways, great show. And I did what I always do in Montreal after that. I went to Schwartz's. So a little free plug for Schwartz's. Schwartz's is the best Montreal smoked meat I've ever had. There's lots of places that do it very, very well as well. But no matter how many other places I try on the local suggestions, it never is as good as Schwartz's. So I went to Schwartz's. I bought their platter where they basically just shave a bunch of smoked meat into a, you know, tinfoil container, throw a top on it, give me a stack of rye bread send me on my merry way. These guys are actually nice too, because they gave me uh, mustard in a bag. Normally they try to sell you an entire mustard container. And I'm like, nah, I don't need that every time I come. Uh, so <laughs> anyways, they gave me, uh, they hooked me up and uh, I get back to my Airbnb. I, I go up the two flight walk up, which for a fat man is not, it, it's not a deal breaker, but I don't love it every time, especially when you're coming up with like three bags of luggage or whatever. Uh, so I got the two, two walk ups put my key in the bedroom door, open the door, put my shit down, my food, whatever, and turn around to take my key out of the door and it will not come out of the doorknob. So this is my private room, right? I got a key for the room door. The key would not come out of the fucking door. And I'm sitting there just I'm pulling on it. I'm, I'm trying to be gentle with it. So I don't break it. I'm, I'm trying to, to I took the keychain that it was on and I started to try to give a little bit of torque pull on that and then up bending the ring on the key. Like it was really really in there. And so I'm looking around the house. I have no tools with me or anything like that. And on a WD 40, anything. And I'm twisting this thing. I'm trying to turn in the lock on the back end and turning this thing full rotation, trying to find, maybe it's caught on one particular position. I, I found a screwdriver in the, I couldn't find cutlery. So I couldn't find silverware in the house, but I found a screwdriver. Um, and I managed to get a flathead, stick it in there. I was pulling on that. It would not come out. And again, I started after a little while, I tried to start really giving her, I had, I disassembled. I luckily with the screwdriver, I disassembled the doorknob because I was, I had access to both sides, took the whole fucking thing apart, still could not get the fucking key out of it. All right. And then, uh, I think I put the door back together and was like, well, this sucks. Cause I can't go to sl like, I mean, I'm not really a pussy or anything. I'm not really worried about, uh, you know, someone coming in and being vulnerable. I just don't like the idea that like I'm paying for this. You know what I mean? I don't want, I don't want to, I can't close my door and be like, well, I'm good now 
because I, you know, there's a key, the key's right in the fucking door. Whoever comes can just unlock it. There's other people staying at this place too. There's like four bedrooms or whatever. So I'm like, I don't want someone to be able to just walk in whenever the fuck they want. Plus what happens when I leave tomorrow to do the show? You know what I mean? I have to be able to lock the door and take my key with me. So like after so much time fucking around, I finally got the key out of the door. Like, I mean, it's like 40 minutes, right? I got my food here going cold and I'm like, all right, finally get the key out of the fucking door. And, uh, and now I have to, to strategize. Cause I'm like, okay, I am not going to put the key back in the door. Cause Lord knows if I'll get it out again. So I'm going to stay in my room all day tomorrow. Cause I got the key out now, which means I can lock the door when I leave and I can reinsert the key once more guaranteed and be entered, you know, into the room. So that's what I did. I, I locked the door, went to sleep. I got up the next day. I did a bunch of social media stuff, uh, plugged the, uh, serious XM show that was going to happen on the Saturday, plugged the, the Montreal show, you know, did some podcast notes. I read my, uh, my George Carlin book and more on that. And a little bit later on, I didn't finish it, but I did get uh, some good headway. Um, yeah. So I'm sitting there in a ridiculously hot room. I also, I also parked my car uh, on the street and I wasn't hundred percent sure I was parked in like a spot. Quebec has some really weird, uh, traffic traffic signs and parking signs <gasps> excuse me i don't know where these hiccups are coming from all the time when i do the podcast mm. ah, that's for you chris right there what am i slurping stay tuned to find out um but yeah i uh i parked on the street so i'm in my room all day and i have no i i really was like you know what my car could be towed for all i know i just hope i parked somewhere good spend the day in my room did my shit and, uh, and got ready for the show and I'm like, okay, I'm leaving. And a part of me was like, my brain was like, I'm going to put the key in the door just to test a lot. And I was like, no, no. Cause you do that and then you can't leave. You're fucked. All your shit's here. So I, I managed to stop myself right before I pulled that fucking dumb mistake. And, uh, anyways, left, locked everything up. Car was still there. No tickets. Uh, so that was good. And that's when I was really getting to the point where I was discussing with myself that night. Cause that was Friday. All right just drive home. I go, I go, the only thing that could fuck you with this key in the door at this point is, you know, the fact that if you're sleeping here overnight, the key's in the door. If it doesn't come out, the key's in the door. But I go, but if I leave, drive overnight, yes, I paid for the room and I'm not staying here, but I did get it all day and I can leave the key in the fucking door and it doesn't matter. I'm not there for anyone to, to walk in on. So that was my, that was what I ended up doing. Uh, Thursday night, fucked with the key all day, sweating my ass off in the hot rain and not rain of this place. Drove back overnight, fought, fell asleep several times on the road on my way. So I had to keep stopping at, at road stops and sleep 20 minutes and then put, you know, another, another 30 minutes on the road and then stop for 20 minutes. Ah, the life of Canadian show business, right? Don't ever, I will never glorify that shit and act like it's something it's not guys. I will always be honest with you. But, uh, anyways, I made it home at like three o'clock in the morning and uh, I had to be at the club for, for noon to start getting things together for the Canada Day show. Uh, I woke up and immediately had a bunch of work to do, just uh, just reaching out to some of you guys who had reached out for free tickets, just make sure you're still coming. Um, and so I'm glad I came back uh, the night before, because if I had got up at like eight in the morning and started packing and, and tried to, like, I don't even know how big of a zoo it was. That show at Absolute was fantastic. Um, Nick Burden did a great job of hosting, uh, Kamar Babar and Heather Hurst absolutely killed his feature acts. I had a great time co-headlining with Jim McNally, who, who I, I had go on last and absolutely brought the house down. Um, we had a lot of people show up and add numbers day of, and then we had some groups not show up. I actually remember calling someone to see if they were coming and they said that their parents 
looked up. It was funny. I think students from Kingston, their parents had looked up where absolute comedy was in Ottawa and, and said it's too close to downtown and that they weren't their Their parents were afraid for their safety. Um, I don't know where they're from, but Ottawa's pretty tame, especially when Prince Charles and Justin Trudeau and Bono and all these other people are going to be in town. I'm pretty sure no one's going to let anything, anything happen. But regardless, I just thought it was kind of funny. Like, you know, like where would your parents let you go then? You know, just though I can't go to Ottawa. It was dangerous. Like, fuck, I don't know. Lock yourself in your bubble. Then there's not a whole lot of other places that are like small towns scare me more than Ottawa, right? Because those people are proficient with fucking tools. Like in Ottawa, it's like, you know, find, find a guy who knows how to use a chainsaw, right? He's got to have a cottage or something. So even then you're like a, I would say one in one in 10. And I think I'm being real generous with that number would know how to use a chainsaw, but you get out in the fucking country. Those guys know how to use tire irons and, uh, you know, saws, chainsaws. They can tell you the difference between a fucking jigsaw and a table saw and a miter saw, which I still, I'm not a hundred percent confident in all of them, right? They got fucking grind. They got weird grinding tools you can use to, to cut through bone in the back of their pickup trucks. Right, these fucking weirdos. So I'd be more scared to let someone go to a small town than I would. Just if you're worried about someone, you know, hurting you or cutting you up or something, I'd say those guys are better at it than city folk. Ah, too many goddamn witnesses, too. So, anyways, that show was great on Canada Day. And of course, because of my fucking long ass experience going back to Montreal on Thursday and it taking an extra three hour or whatever it was, hour and a half on top of the two, right? So I was, I was worried. The show was done at four. I have a show at eight in Montreal and I'm trying to get out of this lunatic city. So I, I super easy. I, I drove south end of the city to get onto the, the highway towards Montreal. I had zero issue filled up, got gas, got on the road, no traffic, no issues, a little, little congested in Montreal, but I made it there with a spectacular amount of time. Did the last two shows in Montreal. They were amazing. Um, just uh, like I said, closed out a great weekend with uh, with Moody McCarthy. So, I mean, I, I really, I had a great weekend. It started off frustrating with the getting stuck in my, really Thursday was only the shitty day I had. I was stuck in traffic for, I basically doubled the length of my trip. And then I, you know, ate my food cold because I was trying to pull the fucking key out of my door for an hour when I got home. The life I live. So, yeah, that was, um, that was last week. I had a good time with that. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm listening to some stuff, you know, I, uh, I listen to other podcasts. Um, and I started listening to this one that was, that was suggested to, uh, to me on an Ottawa comedy Facebook group. It was suggested to a lot of people, but, uh, it was just, people were throwing it out there and it's called my dad wrote a porno. And, uh, if you guys are looking for something, absolutely. It's, it's basically some old, some senior citizens, 65 years old, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, in the UK saw the success of Fifty Shades of Grey and decided he too would write a sexual erotica novel. So when they call it a porno, I thought they wrote like a screenplay, <laughs> you know, a four page porn hour and a half screenplay. I would be surprised if there was four pages of, of dialogue in a porno unless they write like the dirty shit they say to each other. But I, I, I feel like they're professional and they're good at improving that kind of stuff. <laughs> in the heat of the moment. So, uh, yeah. So this, this old guy it says 50 shades of gray is, uh, is doing well. It's got a movie. I'm going to write a quote unquote porno, but really it's an erotica novel, sexual explicit novel. And, uh, and what this podcast is, is every, every week 
the uh, the hosts, so the the son of the guy who wrote this, and uh, and his two friends, like basically the son reads a chapter, and they all sort of ad lib on what's going on. It's it's actually quite funny, and of course they've all got English accents, so it's like very refined, articulate British speaking. You know, talking about this this woman having a tits grabbed and a pussy licked and everything like that. It's hysterical. It's called My Dad Wrote a Porno. Um, it's the whole like I, it's, I believe it's a year, a, you know, a couple years old now. Um, but they've uh, I, I mean, still in the first season of it, but I've been thoroughly enjoying it. I think I might uh, make the lady listen to an episode or two on our trip this week. But I it, it was it's funny. So if you guys like podcasts, I I. As much as I hate to, to, to point your podcast time anywhere, but, uh, but here with me, of course, on the one man podcast, uh, check out my dad wrote a porno. It's, it's fucking hysterical. It's, it's absolutely hysterical. I, I burned through most of it in uh, just a few hours in front of the computer doing, uh, doing work the other day. So, um, what else, right? What else are we talking about this week? I, uh, I did read more of my George Carlin book. Um, as someone's got a question later on coming up in the show about that, I, uh, I've read more of my George Carlin book. I've gotten a, some, some good headway, which is nice. Cause normally I'd read like one chapter every two weeks, which is nothing, but, uh, I, I stuck in the Airbnb. I read, uh, another few chapters of that. I really think that's fantastic. And what I want to do too. So just, uh, just the word I keep saying my George Carlin book, the book is called last words by, by George Carlin and Tony Hendra. And, uh, it's basically, you know, a, a retelling you know, it's a biography of what, what went on in George Carlin's life. And I'm, I'm basically at the point in his life story where he's going from doing what he has to do on daytime television, you know, not really, you know, being funny, but not really being funny the way he wants to be and, and really representing himself and his comedic sensibility, um, which I too, you know, feel at times. I love telling stories about myself because they're real and my take on them. But sometimes like my real thoughts, my real passions, I, I don't say, and it's, I guess it's just because right now the, the climate, right? Like I find, I find everybody bitching on behalf of everybody else really frustrating, you know? And I may, I know, I, I think I said something the other day, we were talking about the, the, the LGBT stuff and the, the Muslim stuff. My brother's like, be careful. That's the thing is everyone's like, be careful of what? You know, like I know someone could be like, oh, this guy's a piece of shit and he's a racist or whatever. I'm not. You know, and, but if people are going to paint me with a brush because of something I said, you know, I don't really think that anything I say matters, to be honest with you. Mm. Oh yeah. I love that stuff. What is it? Stay tuned. Um, I, uh, I don't know, man. I, I mean, there's a lot of shitheads out there that have horrible things to say. And guess what? They're the ones talking right now. At least it seems to be right. They're not afraid of being called racists or whatever. You know, I think it's the people who are, who are not bad people that are afraid to speak right now. You know, that's the thing that bothers me the most. I, I think that like, I have, I have, ugh, you sound like every fucking, I sound like every bigot being like, oh, I got friends who are gay and this and that. It's like, well, but I do, I have friends who are, who are of all walks of life. Cause I don't really give a fuck what you are. And yeah, occasionally I'm going to tease you and I'm going to tease you about whatever I can. And the easiest things are the, the you know, face value things, just like me. I'm a fat fuck. I don't give a shit if somebody jokes with me about it. You know, we're friends. We, we care about each other. We're, we know we love each other. That's, that's life, man. But everybody's afraid now. It's really like fear is definitely not a good platform to work off of. Right. We're all afraid all the fucking time. It's really hard to, uh, you know, to be putting our best foot forward or whatever. I don't know. I saw a video the other day too, about like playing the, the privilege game. And they're like playing this game and people keep playing cards and stuff like that. You know, 
I don't know. This one guy, they made it kind of a good point in the middle of it, but then they fucked it up too. I don't know. Check it out. It's, you'll find it somewhere on YouTube if you talk about like the, the privilege game or whatever. But I don't know, man. Every and like all these terminologies and things like that, right? I don't know. I'm sure all of you guys on different levels, right? Everybody feels attacked on their end and whatever their plight is. You know, I know I got it good. I'm a white male. I know I've got it good. All right. But I feel like we're in a climate now where to be a white male and to have an opinion on something means you're automatically a piece of shit. And I'm like, well, fuck, maybe if you just listen to my opinion, you'll see I'm I'm not a piece of shit. I, I'm on the side of a lot of people. I think a lot of people are getting screwed. But who knows? I don't have I don't have answers. I only have ideas. I only have ideas. And I think now it's almost like buzzwords. You know, if you say something, oh, you're fucking your mansplaining. You're fucking check your privilege and blah. It's like, all right. All right. I'm sorry. I'll just go sit over here by myself, not, not saying anything, <laughs> just, just retreat to my podcast where I'll tell you guys half a story and then immediately start to be afraid that one of you will get upset. <laughs> I'll have a first time listener. Uh, anyways, whatever the point being is I'm really enjoying George Carlin's book. Uh, he is a mentor. I really appreciated the fact that he was brave enough to speak out about the things that he, uh, he found appalling in society. We need, uh, we need more guys like him right now. Cause he did it in a goofy accessible way. Anyways, I think that, uh, I got a lot of books on my shelf that I'm going to, you know, read and, and share. And I think what I'd like to do is, um, just if any of you guys are interested, I'd love it. If, if, uh, anybody wants any of the books that I'm done reading, I'd love to, I'd love to just send them. I mean, this, this may never happen. There's a lot of things I offer up on the show that never really get taken up on, but, uh, I'm reading George Carlin's last words for all any comedians that listen or any, any fans of comedy. Um, I, if I'm, when I'm done with the book, I'd love to just send it to you. So feel free to send me an email, you know, letting me know you're interested, put your mailing address on there. And as soon as I finish it, I'll throw it in the mail for you. I'd rather it, uh, rather go to someone who's interested. would like to, uh, you know, read more about one of my heroes or whatever, and, and whatever, whatever books I'm doing after that, I'd be happy to, to share along as well. Um, yeah. So that's basically like my week. Like I said, it was a lot of weekend stuff with the, the, the shows. Um, I, unfortunately I'm not going to lie. I didn't get a whole lot of gym in last week because, uh, I was on the road and I was sort of hour to hour. Like I remember waking up phone calls on Saturday club, leave Montreal shows in the car, home, sleep. I, um, I did, uh, did spend the day on Sunday with my, my mom. I took her to get groceries, went and had breakfast. Of course, that was the day after Canada day. We got stuck at a, at a place. We, we stood in in line. They told us a 15 minute wait. We waited 30 minutes and then we ordered our food at one o'clock. It came at two. So even though we waited half an hour, we sat, sorry, sat down at one o'clock, got our food at two. Um, they messed up the order a few times. Like we're talking bacon and eggs and uh, I got like a crepe that was supposed to be, uh, strawberries and Nutella wasn't really huge on the Nutella, but it just, it was, it looked good, whatever. Um, and they gave me bananas and Nutella. Um, and they came back with like, it looked like what, like I said, oh, there's supposed to be strawberries. Like, oh, well, we'll bring you some. Are you okay with bananas? Sure. And they brought me like what looked like two strawberries that were chopped up. I'm like, nah, it's gonna be hard to fill this crepe with two, whatever whatever. So, uh, that was, uh, that was Sunday. And then we went shopping at Costco and whatnot. I try to do like, um, I know I'll be, I'll, be, I'll give Jim a little plug here. Jimmy is uh, my friend who's been writing me in those hypothetical things. Jimmy for years has, uh, has sort of had like a thing on Sunday where he goes to his mom's house and, you know, takes her out to get groceries and stuff. And I always thought that was nice. And now that I've got the, the car and my, uh, my mom's getting older, you know, I, uh, 
I tend to, you know, see if she wants to tag along when we do our groceries on Sunday. It's a nice thing to do. All right. If you guys have aging parents or anything like that, you know, they, they might not be there. As a matter of fact, just, uh, I, I don't know. I was kind of on the fence going through the breakfast story uh, of whether or not I would tell you guys this, but I was talking to my mom and she kept bringing up eating better and healthier and all the shit that's in the food, like all stuff I've talked to her about a million times before. And she's acting like she's, she's just hearing it for the first time. And she's just now she watched a documentary on Netflix called what the health. And uh, I haven't seen it yet, but, uh, but a friend of mine has, uh, has mentioned it a few times in posts. So I might look into that. Um, or, and you guys feel free as well. If anyone's seen it and, and you know, has any recommendations on it or, or thoughts, send them in, um, you know, where contact at one man podcast.com. So anyway, she was talking about that and she kept saying like, you know, if I'm not around in, in six months or whatever, you know, I want to make sure like she was talking about getting her, her affairs in order and it was just random sporadic things. But after a few times when she was talking about this, she was talking about that. I, I noticed that there seemed to be a theme and I just said, Hey, what's going on? And, um, and my mom had mentioned that, um, that she had found some lumps in her armpits a, a few weeks ago near there, you know, the lymph nodes or whatever. And, uh, and that freaked me out. That freaked me out. So, um, yeah, I guess I, we spent the day together. We, we went, I went and got her groceries. She's trying to eat better. My mom's overweight as well. Um, so I took her to some places that, you know, have fresher stuff, uh, uh, some stores much like whole foods, but, but not whole foods just, she's trying to eat better. And I'm like, yeah, I'll support you. So where do you want to go? Let's get you some stuff. And, and since then she's been, been doing good. It's only been a few days, but she's been really good at watching her calories and, and eating soups and stuff like that. But the reason I, I sort of started this little, you know, yakety yak about it was just, it was nice to, I've enjoyed, you know, doing Sunday groceries with her and stuff like that. And what I was getting at was just, you know, enjoy the people that you, uh, that you care about. You know, they might, uh, they might not always be there. I, I spoke, you know, about my friend Scott, um, last week and then what happened to him guys that can, you can, can come and go quick, you know, anyways, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll move on. Good news is my mom went for tests today. Uh, they did ultrasounds and things like that. And it turns out they're just cysts. They don't seem to be particularly worried about them. So she'll go back in six months. Everything's okay. But there was a couple, couple of days there where, uh, where I was just really concerned. You guys know. I talk about my, my fears of mortality and stuff like that, but I mean, obviously I care about my family. Yak, yak, yak. This is supposed to be funny. Josh, all you do is talk about death and health scares and everyone's going to die. Um, so basically, um, yeah, so that, that's, you know, it's been a, an odd weekend. So my, I myself, um, have not been, uh, overly focused on my own, you know, gym and, and, and this, and that I have been. I have successfully shy of the Schwartzes. Um, I have been uh, greatly reducing my calorie intake. So I'm, I'm very mindful of, of what I'm eating. I'm eating less portions. Me, 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 me. I sound like every fat person out there. Uh, really, it's a portion control. You know, I'm very hungry, but I'm trying. You know, I'm really trying. I've stopped eating things I find between the couch cushions. You know, I throw them out. I check the expiry date and go, okay, I shouldn't eat this, Bill. But uh, anyways... I, um, I'm doing better. I did, uh, it's the prove your comic competition at absolute comedy. Um, maybe a little early plug for them, but I was a judge last night and, uh, the club is about 20 minutes from home. I did not drive. I walked it. So that was, uh, that was something just, you know, to, uh, to, to, to get a little extra, extra exercise in. And I did make it to the gym today. I fucking hate it, but I, I made it in. So at least I've done less calories, 
uh, more more exercise and did make it into the gym once. So efforts are there. Oh, did we get that? How is this thing fucking giving me updates? I put it on airplane mode. So it's got. Ugh. I don't even know if this is working properly. Sorry about that, guys. I heard that, which means you heard that. That was, you know what that was? Okay, so here's, there, this is funny. That was a workout at Good Life uh, reminder that I've had in my calendar for years, ever since I was first uh, exercise, you know, going to the gym regularly. So maybe, maybe this is, you know, divine intervention. But uh, the fact of the matter is, that has been there for years. I've ignored it. It only occurs on Tuesday. So years ago, I thought that my night to go to the gym, like once a week, right? I was trying to be realistic and start with just one night a week. You make sure you get in there and you fucking hit it hard, buddy. You get yours, you fucking crush it. Uh, but yeah, so 11 o'clock uh, on Tuesdays was my good lifetime. I'm gonna have to take that out of the calendar. I don't know why that, but I, I have it on airplane mode, but I guess that means no text messages or notifications, but anything that's already in the the reminder system is going to pop up. And I don't know if I've ever recorded the podcast this late. So anyways, uh, it's Tuesday night, everybody time to go work out. Um, where the fuck was I? I was all over the map. That's where I was. I was all over the map. So yeah, we're still doing the, the eating better. I'm walking more. I get to spend more time with my dog to, you know, get him out on more walks, see him more. Um, he resides primarily with my folks. So, Anyways, that's uh, that's that's what was going on last week for me. Um, I'll talk about what's coming up in a little bit, but I think maybe it's time we move forward with this podcast. A lot of yakety yak. Um, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying telling you guys what's going on with me, so you know the what fucking weirdo is at the helm of this show. Um, so yeah, why don't we move on to the sponsors and get them out of the way? We can get to your questions, right? Maybe maybe let everyone go home a little early this week, right? It's the it's summertime. Uh, that's another thing too. The, the kids are off school. They had their last day of school, so they're going to be around a lot more this summer too. So very exciting, very exciting. Um, but yeah, with, with no, uh, with no further ado, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to move on to the, the sponsorship portion of the podcast. And who's my sponsor to begin with, as always, the lovely people <laughs> at the bathroom readers Institute, portablepress.com is my partner. Uh, they are the producers of uncle John's bathroom readers. And of course, in honor of the uh, few days after Canada day, of course, today is the 4th of July. Uh, but you guys will not be hearing that until, uh, you know, the fifth. So happy 4th of July, uh, currently to all my American uh, friends and listeners. And of course, uh, you know, anyone who gives a shit about that, <laughs> Canada. but, um, we, we just celebrated our Canada day. I read from weird Canada last week. This week, I'm reading from Uncle John's Bathroom Reader Plunges into Canada, A is the title of this one. And the article that I'm reading is You Know Your Canadian If. Now, again, this week, reading the articles in this, there was so many, and I'm I barely, barely four or five pages in, right? I'm always running late, so I got to pick up the edition, read a few articles, and pick one. And I got to tell you guys, it is so fucking hard. The, the Weird Canada one had so much fun Canadian stuff in it within the, just the first few pages. And the same with this one. So it was hard to pick, but of course I'm picking one and trying to make it like one page that represents the whole theme of Canada day and Canada. And that's, that's very difficult to do because the whole book does that. Mm, 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 mm. Yum, yum. All right. So 
the article I picked is, you know, you're Canadian if, all right. So, you know, you're Canadian if you can eat more than one maple sugar candy without getting sick. You know, you're Canadian if you cried when you thought Gus had died on road to Avonlea. You can recite the entire Molson's I am Canadian rant. You eat buns and chocolate bars and that I don't get. I actually, the, the road to Avonlea one, I never watched it. I know what the show was, but it was like when I was a kid. So if any of you guys remember that show, you've got something going for you, I guess. I guess. Oh boy. Sorry. My uh, delicious beverages condensation is dropping on my show notes here. So yeah, Road to Avonlea. I think that's Sarah Poli. And years ago, as an adult, I saw her in Go. And she's been in, yeah, she was in Dawn of the Dead and she's in some other shit too. But that's where she started in the Road to Avonlea. Um, and this, this, you, you eat buns and chocolate bars. I don't, I don't fucking get that. I don't know if they mean like buns and then chocolate bars separately, or you like take a chocolate bar and you stick it in a bun. That sounds fucked up. But anyways, um, you know, you're Canadian. If you aren't embarrassed by the phrase tickle trunk, uh, you think Elvis Stoiko looked better with hockey hair. If you don't understand what all the fuss about Cuba is, um, if you've ordered poutine at McDonald's. You know you're Canadian if you use hockey tape to fix everything. Uh, you know you're Canadian if you wear a toque. You know you're Canadian if you consider beers under 6% to be for children and the elderly. You know you're Canadian if you've never ridden on a moose, built an igloo, or said sore E. Uh, you know you're Canadian if you know what a sweeper does in curling. Yes, I do. And this is a good one. You know you're Canadian if you know that this hour has 22 minutes. And finally, you know you're Canadian if you've ever told a Newfie joke like this one, and then they offer us a sample. So, a Newfie was having a hard time attracting women at the beach, so he asked a friend for advice. It's them big baggy, pa- <laughs> it's them big baggy swimming trunks, said the friend. They're years out of style. Your best bet is to grab yourself a pair of Speedos and drop a fist-sized potato down inside them. You'll have all of them babes you want. The next day, the Newfie sauntered onto the beach with his new Speedo and his potato. Everybody he walked past immediately started pointing at him and laughing. So the Newfie went back to his friend and said, I did what you said, but it's still not working. To which the other friend replied, Lord, thunder and Jesus, boy, said the friend. The potato goes in the front. But ump chichish. I don't know. That's it's a rim shot. And uh, one that uh, was hesitated on midway through. So that was this week's edition. Very nice, short and sweet. You know you're Canadian if, and for any Americans listening, that uh, that list is accurate. It is very, very accurate. Um, so yeah, guys, if you enjoy these bathroom readers, uh, for starters, feel free to tell me. That always makes me happy to know you guys are enjoying them. Um, but also, there's a, there's a wide variety of them available at portablepress.com. Um, so many things, all sorts of different trivia that you're interested, whether you can get books that are just based on history, science, the universe, uh, nature, uh, geography, you know, there's all sorts of different stuff. And of course, just the regular ones that are, are filled with all sorts of just random trivia, lawsuits, blah, blah, blah. It's all in there, portablepress.com. And you can see all the different ones that they have available. Um, and, uh, you know, with no further ado, I will tell you guys this week, my sponsors, Summersby, oh, love them. You guys know I do slurping away as I do all the time. I'm going to just clean up. Like I said, my condensation just keeps dropping on uh, my papers here. <sighs> Boy, that's good. This week I am drinking the pear Summersby. It is absolutely delicious. Um, a big fan of Summersby, guys. I'm loving it everywhere. Uh, you can get uh, mixer packs available out there that have the four 
um, most popular flavors. They've got the, uh, the, the, the flagship flavor, which is just the apple cider. They've got the uh, pear apple cider, the blackberry apple cider, which is my personal favorite, the elderflower lime. And uh, that's that's available in the mix packs. So you get two of each of those. Nice little sampling pack to try Summersby. Um, I'm loving that you guys are sending in pictures on Facebook and Twitter and, and this and that with you. You know, you guys drinking Summersby as well. That's awesome. Uh, so that's that's very, very cool. Um, this year, the newest flavor is the red rhubarb. So uh, if, if you're looking to try uh, the new one there, that's spectacular. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm not a huge rhubarb guy. I'm not going to lie. But I can definitely drink it, and it's good to uh, to mix up the the flavor and whatnot. Um, just like I said, you get sick of one thing, so I'm I'm. It's nice to be able to still enjoy the ciders, but not have to drink the same thing over and over and over again. Um, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, elderflower lime was last year's flavor. It did particularly well. So uh, if you guys try the red rhubarb and you enjoy it, you know, make a make an impact. Get uh, get a bunch of them this summer, and maybe it'll stick around. Um, and that's it for the Summersby thing. Guys, Summersby is also available at Absolute Comedy. That's what I was drinking last night as I was judging the Prove Your Comic competition. Uh, so just uh, just uh, thankfully, that's going on this month at Absolute Comedy. You know, uh, some, some hopeful comic. There's one going on in Ottawa and one going on in Toronto. Of course, I was judging the one here in Ottawa. Um, if you're in the Ottawa, Toronto area, check it out. Uh, Monday through Wednesday in Ottawa, Tuesday through Thursday in Toronto, audience gets to vote. Uh, y'all get ballots in the audience. You get to vote for, you know, your favorite comedians that are up and comers, the, the winner of, of the whole thing, right? So you got preliminary weeks, finals in August for both clubs. The winner of this gets 500 bucks and he gets to perform at all three absolute comedy clubs. So you go from somebody who's just doing free amateur shows to getting, winning a cash prize, getting paid work in all clubs, learning what it's like to travel around, perform on the weekends in different cities. It's a great, great, um, sort of graduation process for someone who's up and coming. And of course it gives a lot of other comedians an opportunity to, you know, perform for, for, you know, seven nights in a row, seven, eight nights in a row. What the fuck am I talking about? Seven, eight nights. It's like seven, eight shows in a row. I apologize over the course of like five, six nights. But when you're brand new to comedy, you don't perform on the weekends ever. Right. And usually you're performing, you know, once or twice a month. If you do some open nights, mics might be like five times the whole month. This competition, you get on stage, you're night after night. If you have a bad set or something doesn't go well, you get to try it again the next night. On on two show nights, you get to try it once, and then an hour later, you get to try it again. You know what I mean? Just just dust off the knees and get right back at it. And you get to perform in front of weekend crowds, right? Because expectations are different. You know, if you go to a little league game, you're not expecting fucking one timers and uh, top shelf, you know, wristers. But you go to an NHL game, you you expect to see that shit. You are paying premium prices. You want to see pros. And that's kind of what the, they get on the weekends. People are expecting pros. So anyways, blah, blah, blah. Absolute Comedy is my other sponsor. Please enjoy this brief promo. Absolute Comedy is the best live stand-up comedy from across North America with locations in Kingston, Toronto, and Ottawa, Ontario. These comedians have been featured on Just for Laughs, Netflix, Comedy Central, CBC's The Debaters, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Conan, The Comedy Network, and much, much more. Go to absolutecomedy.ca to see this week's lineup. Planning a night out is easy with dinner and show packages available at all locations. Live comedy is a great choice if you're organizing a celebration, fundraiser, company outing, or corporate event. Want the show brought to you? They'll send comedians to your venue with performances tailored to your event, creating a night of laughs your guests will love and won't soon forget. 
So for showtimes, ticket prices, gift certificates, special shows, and more, head to absolutecomedy.ca. Again, that's absolutecomedy.ca for the best live stand-up comedy from across North America. See, that's what the rim shot's supposed to sound like. Um, this week coming up, guys, I, uh, I'm going to Halifax with the lady. Uh, it's Tuesday night. You guys are going to be hearing this on Wednesday. While you're listening to the podcast on its release date, I'm going to be running all over the city. All over the city. I'm going to be running all over the place getting uh, you know, stuff for the car because it's a long drive. We leave at like 7 o'clock in the morning. We, uh, what, then what? It's like, I can't even remember the amount of hours. It's, it's just, it was like 13 and a half hours. But we have a beautiful Airbnb there that we have to check into before midnight. And if when we leave, there's going to be gas stops and things like that. Plus, we lose an hour on the trip, right? Because the time zone change. So we pretty much like if we drive with maybe I think we've we've budgeted an hour and a half total stopping the whole way for like gas and shit and food and whatever. Um, we get there like at midnight. <laughs> so um, we're going to contact the dude and let him know, hey, buddy, we're going to be a little behind here. But because uh, we got to drop off the kiddo kiddo at uh, summer school not summer school but uh, summer camp for 7 a.m so we're gonna we're gonna hit the road have some coffees take turns driving listen to some podcasts you know do some couples couple stuff i don't know talking that's what they call it <laughs> it's not what i was searching for but i don't know like some fucking fun activities uh, the, the lady and i never get to spend time together where you know like we're, we're obviously driving but we've always got like errands to do and shit like that so we're really looking forward to being able to just be alone and even the trip once we're there i mean i've talked about the stuff that we're trying to do we're doing some running around and whatnot but the the, the, the in the car together just quality time man i gotta tell you i'm really looking forward to it you know if, if you guys are in relationships, you know how hard it is sometimes just, you know, be able to hang out, you know, watching a movie and stuff is fun, but I'm talking about like being together, being able to chat and stuff like delve deep, you know, open something up that might go a few hours, a few hours deep conversation, you know, figure out some hopes and dreams and fears and shit like that. So yeah, anyways, I'm looking forward to that. Again, we're going to see the Cabot trail and, uh, go to some restaurants, try some donair in Halifax. Still not too late to make any recommendations if there's something that we absolutely, I swear to God, if you listen to the, ass, ass, blah, 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 the last episode and you recommend something that's four hours of the way, I will choke you, all right? I will drive 13 hours just to see the ocean. I will drive four hours to come and fucking choke you. So just know, help me out if you can, if there's something we absolutely have to see, you know, or, or try or taste, um, definitely open to that as always. So why don't I get to your guys' questions for the week? Um, the first one coming in. So just a reminder before I get started, guys, all of you are always welcome to send me anything. Hypothetical situations, your bucket list stuff. It's been a while since anyone sent a bucket list in, but your, your bucket list stuff, your, your shit that you're working on, you know, I want to hear it and I will share it with everybody. Contact at one man podcast.com. Uh, the first one's coming from Alistair this week. Alistair says, I've uh, been meaning to ask this for a while. There are so many stand-up specials on Netflix. I don't have time to watch them all. Which are your favorites and which do you think would benefit comedians? Um, be they seasoned vets or newcomers, thanks in advance. Um, okay, so I too am way behind on my Netflix comedy specials. So many thoughts with them swimming around in my head because I've, I've talked about my struggle with writing material and stuff right now. And one of the concerns that I have is that Oh, geez. I don't know why I'm so gassy when I do this podcast. I'm kind of hunched over my desk because of the notes and stuff. So I hunch my head and I curl over it like the lettuce C. 
Anyway, sorry, occasionally I'll turn my head and burp or have a hiccup or something. Um, but I don't know, dude, in terms of the the Netflix specials, there's been a lot of them that I've been trying to to watch. Like Chappelle had the two that come out. I fucking love David Chappelle. And I watched a bit of it, but I, I fell asleep to it. You know what I mean? I put it on when I was ready to go to, like, I was done. And um, it was it was okay, you know? So I'm, I'm doing, I, I almost save specials. I know CK's got a new one. And his specials have been real hit or miss for me. I fucking, I fucking love, love Maria Bamford. And that one that she did in front of her parents couch or whatever. I, I, that's the thing too. Now is I'm getting into specials like 10 minutes and I'll be like, yeah, fuck this. You know, I, I put on Schumer's. I don't really care for her stuff. I don't mean to come across as negative. I, I, I like I know Burr will talk about comics and stuff like that. Typically people will write in and if they try to run someone down that he won't, he won't name them. And I I respect that. So I'm not trying to, to name her to run them down, but since we are talking specifically about people's specials, I guess your question didn't really ask me which ones to avoid, but uh, I did hear something interesting. So I'm going to say, I do not know this to be a fact. I do not know that this is concrete at all. I heard it from a couple different places. So I'm giving, that's the only reason I'm even considering sharing it, but please give it the, the credit that it's due, which is that it's not confirmed in the slightest. Um, I heard that uh, Schumer's leather special did so poorly. Like, like there was campaigns. This is what I heard. Schumer claimed that there was campaigns that people were, were doing to deliberately give her special only one star. And that's the reason that it did so poorly. Um, I watched it. That was why it did poorly in my eyes. Um, I think, I think something that happens to comics a little bit and I'm not blaming her specifically. I, I really just, uh, God, it's not the form to run her down. Don't run her down, Josh. Don't do it. You know what? You want to know about Amy Schumer? Just Google it. You'll find your own stuff. She's got lots of reputations out there. I have never met her, so I don't think it's right to run her down. But um, there's lots of stuff out there about her. Um, But a lot of comedians are being forced to, uh, I don't want to say forced, but are, are, are expected to produce new specials all the fucking time. And something about comedy guys is it takes a long time to work up material and, and like writing it is one thing. And then you got to perform it and then you got to perform it again and you got to perform it in front of different crowds and you got to perform it in different cities and all this stuff to make sure that it is universally funny. You know, amateurs come out and they start doing jokes about the number two bus in your city, or can you believe this area of town and this one city that somebody four hours away doesn't know what the fuck you're talking about? You know, so that's why, that's why George Carlin getting back to him was such a phenomenon that he had like a new HBO special, like every year, year and a half. And it was funny is because to, to make another hour of material that's universally funny everywhere is fucking hard. CK was doing it for a while, but I find that, that, that even Louis all tons of respect, he will have like, let's say it's an hour long. He will have 20 minutes of new, absolutely killer shit. And then the other 40 minutes feels like a bunch of filler. You know, there'll be a new joke about dicks. There'll be a new story. That's like, mm, mm, you know, it might be interesting. George Carlin said that if you're not gonna be funny, be interesting. So he sometimes tells some interesting stories. Um, but I feel that that's because CK feels the need to produce a special every year. Whereas if he did a special, like every two years or two and a half years, something like that, like Burr does that every one of those years, 20 minutes. Now you have a one hour special. That's all killer and undeniably outstandingly funny. So that's one of the things I appreciate about Bill Burr. Of course, speaking of Netflix specials, anything that Bill Burr puts out is, is, 
usually top notch, like I said, because he waits until he's ready. He feels absolutely no time frame pressure to put something out. He goes, is it ready? Is the material ready? Is it where I want it to be? Okay, time to put it out. That's how, that's how Burr works. And that's what's respectable. It shouldn't be quantity over quality, right? You shouldn't be like, well, it's been another year. I better put out what I have. Louis, you settle down, buddy. You make a special. Anyways, um, so CK has a new one. Haven't watched that yet. Cause like I said, after a few of those, it sort of turned me off. Um, I did watch while I was eating my Schwartz's cold in my fucking hot Montreal room that I had to jailbreak myself. I watched, uh, Chris D'Elia's new special man on fire, which was recommended to me by Kamar Babar. Um, I saw, I think 15 minutes of incorrigible, which was his first special. And I, I turned it off. Kamar, uh, insisted that this one was good and I, I left it on, but I did not enjoy it. Um, maybe just not my style. Again, I, I try to say, and I am not like this comic sucks or whatever. Uh, he's not for me, but, um, you know, I don't know. A lot of people seem to think it's funny. I watched Rory Scovel's special. That one was, uh, I thought was funny. Rory is very, very goofy. Um, I actually had the opportunity to open for him, uh, years ago in Ottawa, but uh, Rory Scoville special, very, very funny. And um, I'm trying to think if there's any other ones. I'm excited to watch Chappelle's. Um, there's tons. I know, I believe Maria Bamford has a new one. Um, I watched Catherine Ryan's special. Um, a friend of mine, Casey Corbin, had said how like outstandingly funny it was. I watched it. I didn't find it amazing. See, that's the thing. I don't know. But I, I don't know if I mentioned this already, and I apologize for repeating myself. I don't, I, I've been struggling with material. And I'm trying, I guess I'm kind of avoiding stand up a little bit because I feel like I don't want to get influenced by what other people are talking about. You know what I mean? Sometimes like if you're just sitting, you're thinking, you're ranting about something and all of a sudden an idea pops in your head, you almost have this second thought in your head, at least if you're ethical, like, fuck, am I just thinking this now? Or did I hear this somewhere? And I don't mean a whole fucking joke. I'm talking about like an angle on it or a, or a, a tag, which is sort of like a little throwaway line, like a quip or, or, you know, a witty remark, whatever we call those tags kind of thing. Uh, they go at the end of a punchline kind of thing. Anyways. Um, yeah. So, so I, I've been kind of keeping my distance from it too, just because I'm kind of, I want to write my own shit and I don't really want to be influenced by what other people are doing, especially Netflix having this whole, uh, new com. I, I don't think it was every day. I think every week this year, they want to be putting out another special. I watched the first 15 minutes of Tracy Morgan staying alive. Didn't care for it. Um, Jim Jeffries stuff. I thoroughly enjoy. I didn't really, it wasn't a big follower. I know he had a lot of, of fans and stuff like that. And a lot of other people were talking about him. I, I was late to the party on Jim Jeffries, but I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed Jim Jeffries. Um, yeah, buddy. I mean, I wish I could be more help to you on this, but I would definitely say watch Burr's stuff, watch Jim Jeffries stuff. Paul Verzi has a special coming out this year. So, uh, I don't know when it's coming out, but it's being, uh, recorded August 13th in Terrytown music hall, New York. So I'm still waiting to hear back from Paul about tickets for that. So that would definitely be one to say, check out because I have seen this hour, you know, many times working with Paul and I can't wait to see what it's become for the special. Um, so yeah, dude, I, I guess if I see anything else, maybe I'll throw out a list of some specials, but they are comedy subjective in terms of con like specials that'll help comics. Dude, I don't, I don't fucking know. I really don't. Um, Pete Johansson special. Um, I love Pete and 
I'm, I'm, I'm taking too much hang time on this because it sounds like I'm going to say something bad. I'm not. I, I just, it took me a little bit of time. I will say, give it a second to get into Pete's. All right. Um, I don't, he doesn't come out guns blazing, but uh, it is a good special. So, so it's uh, Pete Johansson. You may also like Pete Johansson as what the title, I believe. So um, yeah, Pete's is great. Um, just, it, it does take a bit, at least maybe it was just for me. Maybe it was just me that, that fucked up too. Um, but, but Pete is, oh my God, I love watching that guy work. Unbelievable. He, we did shows. It was myself actually speaking of Paul Verzi and Pete Johansson. Um, Pete, Paul, and I did a show for a week at absolute comedy. And I think every time he's hosting, and it was like, every time he went to the stage, he didn't tell this. I don't think I heard him tell the same joke twice all week. You know what I mean? It was just different shit every time. And it was outstanding, outstanding. Um, yeah, this is, I'm really going on for a while about the, the Netflix stuff. I mean, I'm passionate about comedy, right? I'm talking about shit I love. So I don't know if anybody, I'll tell you that I will tell you this though. Anyone who's listening, who would like to answer the question by all means, please send me an email because I'd love to be able to, to point you guys in the direction of some solid comedy and maybe even watch it myself. Like I'm not a big fan of the penis humor. Like the, to me, like, I, like I said, I watched Chris D'Elia's and nothing against him, but he reminds me of Dane cook where it's like the speed in which you're saying it, you know what I mean? Like, I, I can't remember. I, I probably would paraphrase this person wrong, but it's kind of like if you do material, right? Like I can tell you a Louis CK joke or a George Carlin joke. And even though he does it wacky, like if I tell you what the joke was and I, and I recite it verbatim, you're going to be able to laugh because a lot of the craftsmanship in it has to do with, you know, um, I guess, uh, the wording, the concept. So even if you ham it up a little bit like that character's voice, it does help makes it more authentic, but you don't lose everything. Whereas I find the guys who are very energetic and theatrical, I find that it's not so much what they're saying, but it's just sort of, they're like, they're almost like, uh, an acrobat in the sense that they're flapping their arms and they're high energy and they're whacking their heads around. So it's like, you're almost getting on board with like their body language, right? That, that com communication and nonverbal 60% or whatever you're, they're communicating the funny in their body language. Cause if I was to tell a Dane joke, a Dane cook joke, in, you know, I don't want to say deadpan, but if I told you, you know, uh, Hey, I was walking the other day. I was walking, I was walking, you know, that I walk, I walk one foot in the other, front of the other, you know how it is walking. Uh, and when I walk, I like to walk quick, right? I walk like this, blah, 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 blah. And uh, I got hit by a car. Yeah. I got hit by a car, a car. You got like just a lot of repetitive stuff. I find Kevin Hart does that shit too. You know what I mean? Like you listen to a story. You listen to a 10 minute story. And then at the end, he's like, and I see, I got a checkings and a savings and I can't, I can't. And they just, and everyone goes nuts and laughs and he goes, and then the next thing, and then he just tells another story about how he hung out with a celebrity name drops. We went to a club. We drank all night. They have so much money. Oh my God. So much money. We're going to do this again. Blah, 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 this and that. Yada, yada, da, da, da. Hey, Kevin, it's your round. Okay. You see, the thing is I got a checkings and a savings and da, da, da. And it's just, I don't know. You know, I, I don't, uh, I don't deny them any of the success that they've had. Good for you. Who knows what you're doing behind the scenes, working hard in terms of what I like about comedy. I like to be able to, to relate. And I just don't relate to <laughs> how fucking funny is that? I don't relate to long-winded stories that aren't really funny. That don't seem to go anywhere. That's the perfect description of my podcast. <laughs> How's that? You know what? I don't really appreciate. Yeah, there we go. I'm everything that I don't like comedically. That's what my podcast is. I should, that's what I should have called this. The things I don't find funny. This is my podcast. So I don't know to each his own. 
Uh, I like one-liner stuff too. Uh, Chris Rock's always got good shit. I think Kill the Messenger was the, the last one I saw of his. Um, just, I don't know, now some, some other, you know, specials are brewing in my head, whatever. Um, I hope that was mildly interesting for some of you guys. I will not apologize, Chris. All right. As we am about to read your email. Um, yeah, Alistair, buddy, if you've watched any good ones too, let me know. Um, so thanks for running in Chris, uh, Chris writes and Chris has written before. Chris writes, Hey Josh, I was wondering how your George Carlin book was going. I remember you saying that you'd like to read more often, but you often doze off after a few pages. So then I started to wonder if you've ever tried an audiobook. I have, and they're spectacular. One day my wife came home with the Harry Potter anthology uh, on Blu-ray. Now I've watched a few, if not most of the movies before, but I was fucking lost the entire time. I found those movies, which are geared towards children, incredibly hard to follow. And I guessed it was because I wasn't familiar with the books. So I decided to do something that I swore to myself for no good reason that I'd never do read Harry Potter. So I started reading the first one during the only time of day I had right before bed. That didn't work. I couldn't manage to stay awake and I was getting tired of a 300 page monstrosity smack. I got in the face every time I nodded off. That happens to me when I read, uh, read comic books on my iPad. Like I have to, I hold it over my face and then I it'll slip out and yeah, it fucking, it hurts. Um, at least the book pages, they feel like the pages will compress the air together and sort of cushion a little bit. My iPad, which is the iPad air. All right. The fucking big one. Uh, it hurts. There is no give to that thing. I take it to the face. Um, so yeah, uh, what was it was here? Yeah. I couldn't imagine. I couldn't, sorry, I couldn't manage to stay awake and I was getting tired of a 300 page monstrosity smack, uh, in the face. Every time I nodded off, I decided maybe an auto audio book would be better. Yeah. It hurts. It still hurts when you drop a CD player in your face <laughs> or an iPod. Um, it was coming into winter, which is my off season, which meant I'd be doing a lot of painting or drywall mudding or other jobs that allowed me to listen to the books while still being at a sort of story, still being able to do my job. I got to start making these, these, uh, emails. I got to do bigger font cause they're so small and I'll often drop right into the other line. I got to tell you what a fucking great idea that was. These books are narrated by Jim Dale, who is absolutely brilliant. He doesn't just read the book. He has voices for every single character, male and female. He holds the world record for most voices in an audiobook at 146, beating out his previous record of 134. Well, that's, that's pretty fucking cool. Um, never heard of the guy, right? He should get more recognition. That's a lot of fucking voices. Uh, both of which were different Harry Potter books. I try and do voices for my kids when I read them, uh, sorry, read to them at night, but I can't seem to do the same voice twice in a book with two characters. Uh, what I'm getting at is that maybe you could listen to your book while you're Ubering or between pizza deliveries. Well, Chris, speaking to that, um, I am doing better with the Carlin book, right? I, I mentioned that, uh, that I'm doing good with that, finding more time for that. Um, I don't drive, uh, I don't really drive Uber much right now. And of course, if I'm driving Uber, I can't have, I can't have that shit because Carl, Carlin's got profanity and whatnot. So I couldn't play that while I had passengers in the car and it would drive me bananas to listen to for for three minutes and then turn it off for 20 and then listen for two. It, I just, there'd be, I don't know the, the pacing in my brain wouldn't seem to be going very far with that. Um, and I don't, I don't deliver pizzas anymore. I, uh, I'm about a month now since I've delivered for Domino's. They found, uh, they found some drivers. They don't need me anymore. So I was happy to, to you know, bid adieu for the time being, if they need me back in the future, I'm, I'm happy to help. They're great people there. Um, just the, uh, the customers, you know, 
holy shit, some cave human beings that I've had to deliver to in times. I don't even know if I've talked about them on the podcast and, and, and maybe I will have to go back and, and listen because I can tell some stories about the places I've had to go into. Jesus. Um, so anyways, you're saying, I think it was, uh, last week that you were talking about barbecuing in the rain. Okay. So this is the next part. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm thinking about audiobooks. The, the lady and I talked about doing that for the Halifax trip because we had so much time. The only thing is I, I looked into audiobooks uh, last year around Christmas and they're like 40 bucks. So I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. Maybe if I can get them on iTunes for less, but like going out and buying the CDs for audiobooks, I was like, the fucking books are like $10. You know, I can get a book, you know, brand new book at Costco for like 10 bucks or I can spend four times as much to have to, to only be able to listen to it in the car or something. Like I get that there's other shit. Maybe I should look into it more, but I think my brief sort of peek into it was like, man, it seems really expensive for something I have to, you know, listen to out loud, you know, it disturbs more people, right? I have roommates and stuff. I don't know. I'm probably just making excuses, but yes, it is something that I I'm open to. The girlfriend listens to audiobooks now, and she also recommends it highly. Mm -mm. Sweet Summersby. So, and the next thing you're saying is, I think it was last week you were talking about barbecuing in the rain. You at the grill and someone else holding the umbrella as you flip patties. I've heard of other people barbecuing this way before, standing in front of the queue, ready to flip, pat, or spray a flame at a moment's notice. What I do, however, is preheat the barbecue to 300, then put my meat on the top rack, close the lid, and walk away until those bad boys or girls are ready to be flipped. Bergs and pork chops are 10 minutes per side and chicken is 15. Am I the only one who barbecues this way? I understand that there is the urge... Uh, that there is this urge that men have to man the grill, keeping a close eye, making sure everything is going just as planned, like you're delivering a baby or diffusing a bomb. And for fuck's sakes, they had better be, there had better be grill marks. I, on the other hand, don't give a shit. So I'll tell you the truth, dude. I, I man it because I don't really, I'm not a bad cook, but I know that how high the temperature is in the grill. Cause the grill, you're just looking at a fucking black. Like as you turn the handle on the gas, it's like a black line that just slowly thins out. And I'm like, that doesn't tell me what temperature it is. Like I could turn on the barbecue and look at the temperature, I guess, and fuck with it till it's exactly what I need. Feels like a big waste of gas to me. What the reason I stand in front of it is I look at the speeds that shit's cooking. And then I, I adjust the temperature as necessary. And sometimes where the grease falls, you know, it'll like, it'll have flames in the area. Right. So all the grease seems to be collecting one area and that part sets fire. So now, even though it's 300 overall, there's a particular spot that's hotter. So I have to be there to move shit off. So I'm not like mega confident in front of the grill. Like, oh yeah, I gotta, it's, it's not an ego thing or a fucking instinctual gender thing. It's just, if something happens, I gotta be there to fi fix it or I'm coming back to everything's burnt. Plus like we'll do hot dogs and hamburgers and hot dogs are done way fucking faster than burgers. So it's just, like I said, a matter of being there to move something off of a flame if necessary to, to whatever. But like you said, you put it on the top rack. So I guess, you know, bursting into flames and stuff like that, not quite as much. Um, but you're talking about what your pork chops and your chicken is. You didn't give me any fucking burger times, motherfucker. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know, pal. I, I, it's not a, it's not a need. So it wasn't like, oh, we're going to come out of the troops. It was just, we were already late in the day. We wanted to get the food done for, for uh, little feller's birthday. And, um, and so it was just a matter of like, now it's fucking raining. Like we can't delay this anymore. So I just had Crystal's brother, Brad, help me out and, uh, and held the umbrella like a fucking champ. We both got wet, but, but we, we made a good meal. Everyone was very, very happy. So 
Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I don't give a fuck about the grill mar. I don't do not give a shit. Is it good? Everyone's happy? The food's cooked good? Perfect. You know what I mean? So yeah, but I get that. If I if I knew temperatures and stuff, like if I had like, here's the thing. The reason I don't walk away is I'm not confident that I've left it in a safe. That's really the short answer. Um, I just always give you the long one first. And finally, you say, uh, and finally, <laughs> that's how funny is that? And finally, some constructive comments. First, never stop slurping that Summersby. That's the part I've been thinking about this whole episode. Every time I slurp, nice big slurps for you. Never stop slurping that Summersby. And second, stop fucking apologizing. If people don't like your content, they can go to hell. But seriously, we all know it's hard to come up with one hour of new content each week by yourself. We really don't expect much. That's that's the, what I really appreciate about you guys. Uh, so just keep doing what you're doing, your friend. Thanks, pal. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I it's not that I I don't want you guys to expect anything. Like that's the part. Like I apologize because if I feel like I'm, if I here's the thing, you guys are gonna lose interest in what I'm saying before I do. I would imagine. And so once I start talking about something enough that I'm like, I don't give a fuck anymore. I'm like, I probably lost you five minutes ago. And if you haven't had the wherewithal to get up and turn it off, right. I'll, I'll just get it. I, you know what? I'm, I'm sorry. I will apologize for that. So at the same time too, I lived it. So a lot of this is like repeat for me, right? I'm not telling you guys anything that hasn't is happening live. The only part that happens, you know, for the most part live is, is your guys questions in terms of the responses. I'll read them in advance to sort of prepare myself. I, I copy and paste them onto my show notes here, but I don't really start building my answers, right? That's why fucking Alistair's question took so goddamn long as I was like, no, nah, have I watched anything? You know, I just, just happened to put on whatever was close. I, I watched some of the stuff based on Kamara's recommendation. So I, I, uh, I enjoy the live stuff, the, the talking with you guys. No, uh, no notes, uh, no emails from Jimmy this week. I've noticed no hypothetical situation. He asked me, <laughs> asked me last week what I would do if I became prime minister. So that's all it took was a political question, right? We started talking politics and I've lost them. No new questions this week. The week before, uh, if I had three wishes to give people, what would I give? Right? Fucking talk fantasy land and bullshit. Happy thoughts. No problem. Everyone's on board. Get a little real with politics. Fuck that. Everybody pulls out. So, <laughs> That politics are bad is basically what I'm saying. So we might have to find a new thing. I've lost my, my hypothetical questions every week. So I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm grateful that you guys are enjoying this shit. Oh, fuck. You know what I didn't do? I'm going to throw this out now because I, I normally remember to do this. I did not do this this week. Um, at the bottom of every page in the Uncle John's bathroom reader, um, there's a little, a little, just one little blurb trivia piece, right? And then the Canadian one from this week that I just read was, uh, it just says, look up. Look way up. Uh, the friendly giant was only five foot 11. So that's taller than me, but I guess not a giant really. So yeah, sorry, I forgot that. Oh, a little plug for them again. Yeah. Portablepress.com. Sorry about that. I forgot to read the blurb. So yeah, guys, I mean, like I said, I, I love reading your questions. I love being a part of, uh, of your week. I really do. Um, I wish we got, uh, you know, more, more talkings to do. I, I wish I had more fucking interesting stuff happen. I mean, I'm not a world touring comedian just yet, but I do, you know, get locked out of my Airbnb <laughs> from time to time when I'm traveling. So we got those kind of funny little haha stories for now. Uh, and as time progresses, the more successful I get, Hey, maybe I will be able to get myself into capers in other countries and provinces and fun stuff like that. So I'm on my way to Halifax this week. Going to be in the car, a lot of driving, a lot of seafood. I'm going to eat a seafood lunch 
and go to the Cabot Trail. So who knows if I'm going to shit myself. That's really the optimism I have. I will be right by the ocean, though, so I can dive in and rinse off me parts. Um, guys, thank you for listening to the one man podcast. Um, you can find me. I, I would love it if you guys would, you know, like the page, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, subscribe on YouTube, all that fun stuff. Just so, uh, you know, what's going on. I, t- I tend to put out little, little pictures and little videos and things like that throughout the course of the week, just, you know, to keep us all connected a little bit. I like doing the Facebook live videos. So, um, feel free to do that. Take a couple seconds and just whip out your phone now. Go to Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, whatever it is, and just throw us a like, you know, or follow or whatever the fuck it is, depending on the platform. And another thing that you could do is, uh, is tell your friends, you know what I mean? Uh, if you guys enjoy it and you think there's something cool about it, uh, you know, if uh, there's no interview episode this week, right? So it's just a one man podcast. I hope you guys have been enjoying those interviews, um, little bonus episodes as the week go by, but the, the best thing I can do guys, if you really do love the podcast is, uh, is tell your friends, just tell them to have a listen. Uh, if you have a favorite episode, point them in the direction of that or point them to the interviews, whatever it is. Uh, I'm very grateful for you guys listening. Uh, you know, it's always great to, to, to keep in touch and things like that. So, um, I'm off to the adventure in Halifax. Can't wait to tell you guys how it goes next week. Um, And I appreciate you listening. Thanks so much, guys. We'll talk to you soon. 